Revolution, the seven deities gave to me. Twelve delightful green beans, eleven iPhones xylene, ten spot monkeys jumping, nine ducks are swimming, eight scribes are scribing, six rockets glaring, Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's It's Wrestle Rant Radio. The undisputed greatest month of the year has finally arrived. Happy December, folks, and welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for December 7th, 2017. I am Graham Gius Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Plenty to talk about here today from Raw, SmackDown, and 205 Live with our very special guest, Rodolfo, at RRealZM on the Twitter machine. But before we get to that few cheap plugs, as always, if you guys want to check out WrestleRant Radio, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio. You get every archived episode ever, dating back to October of 2013, and every new episode every single Thursday. It downloads automatically, literally within seconds, as soon as I post the episode online on nextdaywrestling.net or on wrestlerantradio.podbean.com, the episode will automatically download to your streaming device, your phone or iPad, your whatever, your Atari, whatever they're called these days. You get the show instantly. So what the hell are you waiting for? Subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate, subscribe, uh, review the show. All that stuff is amazingly appreciated. Not only that, but speaking of nextdaywrestling.net, check out the website right now and vote in the 5th annual WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards. You can vote for the Wrestler of the Year, Women's Wrestler of the Year, Match of the Year, Show of the Year, Shocking Moment of the Year, and so much more. I believe there's 12 categories. Had some good feedback on the awards so far in the categories and how tough they might be, so I appreciate that. Please do so. We're going to be talking about the results and everything about the year of 2017 for WWE and NXT on the December 28th episode of Wrestle Rant Radio. Coming up quickly in just three more weeks, uh, we got a stacked schedule for Wrestle Rant Radio coming up. We got Rodolfo today. Next week, we got Clark coming back for the first time in a few months. I think in close, over, in, in, in close to a year, over a year. Um, so, very much looking forward to talking to Clark next week. We got at Jamie Lee Mack. He's back on WrestleRant Radio for the December 21st episode. Finally, having our pay-per-view theme discussion for WWE. It's been a long time coming. We're talking about that in two weeks right here on the show for the Christmas week episode. And finally, on December 28th, I don't know who will be joining me that day, but whoever it's going to be, we're going to be talking about the year in review for WWE and NXT and revealing the results of the aforementioned polls on NextAirWrestling.net. So all that's coming up in the month of December. It's a absolutely stacked month, not to mention 
that next week, well, as I record this, we got the Psych movie airing tonight, which I cannot fucking wait for. I've been waiting three and a half years for the Psych movie. That should be absolutely lit. And then we got, um, I'm thinking this weekend is a pay-per-view. I have a wedding coming up on Saturday. Then next week, Final Battle, Ring of Honors, WrestleMania, essentially. WWE Clash of Champions on Sunday. And probably the most anticipated event of them all in the month of December, other than Christmas, of course. How can you forget about Christmas? The Star Wars Episode Eight movie. Cannot wait. I've been waiting two years for this movie. People, Some people even longer than that, but I'm talking about since the release of Episode Seven, so... That's going to be great. Uh, December is already looking lit, and I cannot wait for it one bit. All that being said, though, they got a great show on tap. You find folks here today, like I said earlier, talking Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, and everything else going on in the world of wrestling right now. Please welcome my guest at this time, making his WrestleRant Radio debut, Rodolfo at RealRZM on the Twitter machine. Rodolfo, welcome to WrestleRant Radio, my man. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, Graham. I'm excited to be here. Of course, my man, long time coming. Uh, any hot takes in the world of wrestling right now, whether it be WWE or otherwise? Uh, I mean, I think there's, and it's not a newsworthy week, but I mean, I think there's a lot of exciting things coming up. We have Clash of Champions coming up, so I mean, I'm excited. For sure, for sure. SmackDown's got their Clash of Champions show, like you said, coming up next weekend. A lot of newsworthy things going on in terms of the pay-per-view that were announced on SmackDown this past week. But before we even get started, this is your WrestleRant Radio debut. Uh, what's a few things that the people should know about you as a wrestling fan and otherwise uh, as we get started here on WrestleRant Radio? Uh, about me, I mean, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. As long as I can remember, I've just been watching wrestling. I mean, it's it's embedded in me. So I mean, uh, it's it's about the only thing I really know. So of course, the people can find you on the Twitter machine at Real RZM. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug before we get started? Uh, I mean, all my social media is the same. I keep I keep things consistent. So Instagram, Real RZM. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you want hit me, if you like what you hear, uh, give me a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. Awesome, awesome. I already follow you. People should do the same as well. Like I said, at RealRZM on the Twitter machine and everywhere else. Um, we were just talking a, a, a bit briefly before we got started here. 205 Live touring at the onset of 2018. They got a few live events lined up, I think, in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New York, and Rochester, or Poughkeepsie or something like that. Um, but a bit of a surprising move coming off the reports that WWE had put out a survey no more than a week ago asking people why they aren't watching 205 Live. So not like the greatest timing in the world. Uh, what did you make of the news, Rodolfo? Yeah, I thought it was odd because you're right. They sent out that email asking people why they're not watching. And it seems like an odd move to go right from asking people why they're not watching to, hey, let's tour with these guys even though people aren't watching. <laughs> it just makes no sense. It's like, okay, so you guys aren't watching, so we're going to ask you to pay 50 bucks to come to a show to see the same matches that you guys already watch on Raw and on a show you guys don't watch anyway. So to me, it just doesn't make much sense. And I will say this, like the matches we've been getting on Raw recently, the four ways, they've been very well wrestled. Some of the best cruiserweight matches I've seen on Raw in a long-ass time. And it's not a reflection of the talent because the guys can go. Like anyone who saw the Cruiserweight Classic knows that these guys are great in the ring. It's not on them whatsoever. It's the company limiting them and not giving them any compelling storylines to work with whatsoever. So the issue here is that, hey, maybe the matches at the live shows will be fucking five stars. Maybe there will be the same caliber of matches that we saw in the Cruiserweight Classic, but based off what we've seen on WWE TV over the last year since the inception of 205 Live, it gives me zero incentive 
to want to go to one of these shows and say, hey, I want to go watch Drew Gulak versus Akira Tozawa. Wow, I'm, I can't wait to watch that match. It's like, what do you think their line of thinking is with doing these tours with these guys? Honestly, the only thing I can think of is they're just hoping that uh, all the people in 205 Live still have that drawing power uh, from their indie scene stuff and uh, can draw up in that northwest region of, uh, uh, or northeast region of the United States, you know. Uh, it's I, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. They got to think that they can draw even though people don't watch them on the WWE Network. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I mean, I could definitely see them, why they're doing that. I could definitely see the reason why as they're doing those markets. I've been to the Lowell Memorial Auditorium in Mass. It's a smaller arena. They usually run NXT shows there, and even those don't sell out. So if you don't sell NXT in an arena like that, then what makes you think 205 will do any better? Now, Again, like I said, the matches might be a lot better. I think doing what they were doing about a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, it didn't last too long, but they did a 205 Live and UK combined tour. I think it might have been in the UK. I don't know if they did it in the States, but like the UK talent. Like if you had Pete Dunne versus um, uh, Hideo Tommy, which I know they were teasing on Twitter, and Hideo Tommy has yet to debut on 205 Live. You know what? Maybe I will pay 50 bucks to see that match. But beyond that, I don't really care to see Enzo Amore versus Cedric Alexander on a, on a live show, something I could see every Tuesday night on a show most people aren't watching anyway. So we'll see. I mean, I think the thing, the issue with 205 Live, it would be one thing if the casuals could not care less about it and they had no idea what a cruiserweight was because they don't watch the show, um, but they still had that hardcore fan base like you and I and many other people. But the issue is that not even the hardcores care about the show because they know it's like a third hour of Raw. It's like an extra hour of Raw every Tuesday night after SmackDown. So... We'll see. I mean, again, all more power to them. It's great that they're getting out there and trying to do you know more exposure for the Cruiserweight guys. I just think it's doomed to fail. I mean, at least they're doing three shows and not like a whole month worth of tours lined up. It seems to be an experiment, but on paper, this just is not a good idea. If they did it six months ago, they'd be a different story, but like we just talked about, they literally put out a survey no more than a freaking week ago asking why you and I are not watching the show. It's like the timing could not be any more off. But on the topic of the Cruiserweights, well, kind of merging to Raw here, uh, we had another four-way on Monday to uh, determine the next number one contender to the Cruiserweight Championship or to qualify uh, qualify for the contenders match against uh, who qualified last week, Rich Swan. So it was won by Drew Gulak beating Cedric Alexander, Tony Nese, and, God, who else was? Oh, Mustafa Ali. And it was a good match, too. Like I said earlier, they've been getting more time in recent weeks on Raw, and that's great. Uh, Swan and Gulak will face off next week on Raw to determine who will face Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Championship at some point down the road. And I don't know if it's next Tuesday on 205 Live or the week after that on Raw. That I'm not really sure about. Um, but where do you yeah, think, I don't think they're... they said. Yeah, I don't think they it's, it's very confusing. I thought the Contenders match was happening last night on 205 Live. It's like they're making it up as they go along. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. I guess we'll find out in due time. But uh, So, yeah, we got Gulak. Swan, who do you got going over in that match, Rodolfo? And where do you think they're headed with the Cruiserweights heading into two, uh, 2018? Uh, I think, for me, the only thing that makes sense is, is Gulak going over. Uh, he's he's easily the most over person right now uh, as far as uh, 205 Live. Uh, he's the reason why I tuned in. He's entertaining as hell. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense to me. And then him and Enzo can clash over the Zoe train. And who's the true leader and stuff like 
they kind of teased that a bit on Tuesday's show with uh, who was in charge of the Zoe train in um, Enzo's absence. And he had the mic and everything. And yeah, the PowerPoint stuff is great. I mean, the thing with these, the, the issue with these cruiserweights is that they're all great wrestlers. Gulak's been a, a great wrestler since day one. The issue is that he didn't have a character. Okay, he's a good wrestler. It's like, okay, we have 20 other great wrestlers in the roster. Why should I care about this guy? But the PowerPoint stuff, I think, has been awesome. He's owned the gimmick. He's been very entertaining. Um, so, yeah, I, I, him versus Enzo would not be a bad idea. I think Swan goes over. We get the predictable path of Swan and Enzo. Enzo beats him. And I would not be opposed to Tommy then being introduced and then facing Enzo and hopefully beating Enzo for the belt and maybe the Royal Rumble. But um, Gulak yeah. would not be a bad choice at all because for all intents and purposes, he very well might be the most over guy in that entire division, maybe including even Enzo, uh, maybe excluding Enzo. But aside from that, I think they're two of the more prominent players on the show. Uh, so Gulak and Enzo would not be a bad idea as a uh, next contender for Enzo for the championship. Would you have Gulak beat Enzo Rodolfo for the title? Uh, I don't know if I'd have him beat him, but uh, just have some hijinks with Enzo, pulling something out with the Zotrain, maybe have the, the Zotrain turn on uh, turn on him. But I, I don't think uh, Gulak wins it yet, but I do think he goes for the number one contendership. Hey, whatever gets us more PowerPoint presentations, that's all I'm asking <laughs> for, because that's been the saving grace of the division for the last couple of weeks, I would say. Um, but like I, I said, forward we, to that PowerPoint every week. <laughs> I was so angry at uh, who was it? Um, Cedric Alexander, I think, interrupted yeah. his PowerPoint last night on the show, or on Tuesday's show, and then on Raw, he said, "We're gonna have." A, after he won the match, he said, "We're gonna have a PowerPoint presentation," and they just cut to like commercial. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, they cut the commercial. <laughs> I think, are you kidding me? I saw someone tweet like. They have time to air a fucking preview clip for Total Divas, but they don't have time for a two-second PowerPoint presentation. It's like, come on, WB, get your priorities in check. That didn't make much sense. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to a PowerPoint presentation on next week's show, and hopefully it leads to them becoming the next number one contender, the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, but like I said, we had a good four-way on Monday's Raw with the Cruiserweights. It was not a very good action. Uh, we had a lot of good matches on Monday's show. They gave each match a ton of time, including the opener for the Intercontinental Championship, Roman Reigns, Jason Jordan, a match we've seen before, but they work very well together. Jordan came out of this thing looking great. Um, and I think they're well on their way to turning the guy heel. They have to be. Based off that opening promo, it's like, Dad, I want a title shot. Dad, like, they got to be turning the guy heel. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, but in the ring, there's never been an issue. The guy's always been a great wrestler. Had a strong showing here. Got attacked by uh, Samoa Joe backstage and by Roman Reigns afterwards. So, I don't know if we're getting a three-way feud or what they're doing, but... Still, a very good match. So, what were your thoughts on the match, Rodolfo, between Roman Reigns and Jason Jordan for Monday's Raw? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Jason Jordan has never had a problem in the ring. Uh, we all know he goes and he, he does really well in the ring, and the problem's been his character the whole time. But you're right, they have to be turning him heel at this point. It seems like uh, it seems like the obvious move. Uh, it's like a throwback to Kurt when he was starting up. Um, I can't remember where I heard it, but I remember Kurt in an interview talking about how Vince's plan was to just make them super good and have people hate them, uh, you know, mm -hmm. do the whole reverse psychology thing. And it's like the exact same thing with Jason Jordan. You're right. You're right. That definitely seems like the path that they're going in. I don't think this was the original plan from the get-go. I think they kind of realized they fucked up in making him Kurt Angle's son, and now they're just kind of owning the, the heat and then going forward with that, which is great. At least they're doing that, and they're not doing that with... Uh, I think Roman Reigns might be the only person they haven't done that with in like recent years where they realize they're getting heat, so let's turn him heel. No, we'll keep Roman Reigns' face. But speaking of Roman Reigns, 
Um, the last two weeks, two really good matches. First with Jason Jordan, or first with Elias. Which, if you told me a year ago that we were going to get a 20-minute a Intercontinental title match between Roman Reigns and Elias on Raw, I probably would have said, I'm done with wrestling. But it was a good match. And that they worked well yeah. together. And Reigns and Jordan also had a very good match on Monday's Raw. So, what have been your thoughts so far on how Roman Reigns has been booked as the Intercontinental Champion? Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, he's had a short reign so far, but I mean, uh, as what he's done, uh, Roman is is good. Uh, I haven't been disappointed in Roman in 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 a while. I mean, probably since WrestleMania. But uh, yeah, I I like his reign so far. I like what they're doing, and uh, him and Samoa Joe really interest me. I want to see that matchup. Maybe get Joe the title, but I like Roman as the champion right now. So before we go forward with the uh, Roman and Shield and Joe stuff, and there's some more other things I want to talk about with the Shield that came up later on in the night um, with Roman Reigns as Intercontinental Champion. So this made the, this was another newsworthy item that came out this past week that we we got to talk about briefly. So um, I don't know if you saw it or not, but on the Straight to the Source show, I think that's what it's called, the new show on the WWE Network with Corey Graves and Roman Reigns. It was a good show. It was about 15 minutes, uh, very enjoyable. But Roman Reigns came out and he said that he is the best in the world. Right now, not even the WWE, the best wrestler, performer, whatever, in the world today. And obviously, want to stir up some controversy. Does he honestly believe that? You know what? I wouldn't blame him. And, you know, he should feel like that. But is he the best wrestler in the world? I don't think so. Not by a long shot. But uh, did you hear that he made the comment, Rodolfo? And what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I heard that comment. And it's interesting because you got to think. Because when he says that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he means WWE. But he says the world. And... Uh, I don't know. I like. I mean, I get where he's coming from. I get that he has to kind of say that, but he's not the best in-ring performer in the world. It's just, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I mean, he, he's very good, and I will give him that. He absolutely delivers when it matters most. This match being a prime example of that. The match with Jason Jordan on on Raw this week. Um, but yeah, he's he's not the best wrestler in the world by a long shot. But you know what? The guy got his name in the headlines, and people are talking about him. I'm sure that's exactly what he wanted. So he succeeded in what he set out to do. But it was uh, definitely made the news rounds this week, especially with wrestling fans being angry. Like, Roman Reigns, he's never met Kenny Omega and all this other shit. It's like, okay, we know he's not the best wrestler in the world. Don't get, bad at, don't get bent out of shape. He's, what the fuck is he going to say? Oh, I'm the, best in the, I'm the best in WWE, but not better than Kenny Omega. It's like, we know that he's not better than Kenny Omega. I think it's it's a pretty... It's a pretty uh, foregone conclusion, and probably other people around the world as well. He's obviously just going to say that, and he's always been that way. He's, he's he likes to stir up shit, but that's Roman Reigns. Right, like that, that's just kind of him, and it it, it I don't know, I, like I get why he says it. He kind of has to say it. He's headlined like four WrestleManias in a row, so I mean, as far as WWE, he's the guy, and so as far as he's concerned, he's the best in the world because WWE, you know, is the top of wrestling. So. Yeah, exactly. They're the, they're the big monopoly company. They're the biggest company in the world. So by de facto, that would mean that he's the best in the world. So um, I see what he's going for, but people shouldn't be bent out of shape about the fact that he said he's the best in the world. Like, what the hell is he going to say? It's, it's fucking Roman Reigns. Um, but speaking of the Shield, they had a match later on in the night. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins got their rematch with the Raw Tag Team titles against The Bar. Another quality match. It feels like the... the friggin' 12th match that we've had between these two teams, but they work well together. They had another good match in this show uh, with the titles up for grabs. I thought for sure we were getting the Shield as all champions, but that was not the case. Uh, We had the bar going over after it was made a no-DQ match after the bar got themselves disqualified. So it was made a no-DQ match. Samoa Joe comes in, cost the babyface the victory, and Joe and Barr 
close off the show by walking through the crowd to escape the Shield. So it certainly looks like they're setting up a six-man tag team match for next week with Ambrose, Roman, and uh, Rollins, the Shield, against The Bar and Samoa Joe. So do you think we get the match with Dolfo? And if we do, do you think they might make it a winner-take-all match with every championship on the line? Oh, I actually hadn't I hadn't thought of the winner take all match. That'd be interesting. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense to do a three on three tag match. Uh, we might get that next week because that's what they were kind of alluding to. Um, maybe that's a maybe that's like a pay per view match. Uh, try to delay the amount of time that Roman really has to go against Joe for one on one for the championship. You know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see that three on three match. Yeah, I think it'd be a great way to kind of keep the feud going with with uh, Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Raw doesn't have another pay-per-view until after the Royal Rumble, so for not for another right. two more months. Um, so they're obviously not going to do it then or whatever. they gotta, they got to wrap this feud up soon with the bar and the shield. It's been going on forever. they got to inject new teams into the title picture at some point. But, yeah, it would be a great match. Are there match. teams on Raw? I can't even think of them. <laughs> like uh, Heath Slater and Rhino, so maybe we're just better off with the bar and the shield for right now. But. <laughs> Yeah, Slater and Rhino. I know the Hardy Boys, but Jeff's out hurt. Um, yeah. The Revival, I don't know when they're due back. They were supposed to be back like two months ago, so hopefully they're back soon. Um, is uh, Apollo Crews and, and Titus O'Neil, if you even count those guys. Um, oh, the club. How could I forget the club? Oh, that's, yeah. That's a bad indicator of how they much mean how much they mean at this point in time. God, that, that's that's not good. But, uh, yeah, I guess they, mean, they have other teams teams quote-unquote but none of them mean anything but um yeah so maybe i take back what i said maybe we're just better off with the bar and the shield for now because <laughs> i'm good with the uh i'm good with slater and rhino not being in the title picture um but yeah. speaking of next week we might get that six-man tag team match but it's already been announced in addition to gulak and swan and maybe the six-man tag team match we got braun Strowman taking on kane in a highly anticipated encounter one-on-one match next week Ooh, can't wait for this I mean, the feud's been fine, but I'm sure the match won't be a freaking five-star classic. So, um, your thoughts on the feud so uh, on the feud so far, Rodolfo? And are you at all looking forward to a one-on-one match with Kane and Strowman? No, I'm not looking forward to the <laughs> one-on-one match with Kane and Strowman. Uh, and it has nothing to do with Strowman. I love Strowman, but I haven't been excited for Kane in years. Um, I mean, he used to be great, and he's awesome, and I get he's a legend and all that. But as of right now, Kane has. Ha- has no, I have no interest in Kane. Uh, he really uh, isn't he running from air? Like why is why is he back all of a sudden? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He just came back randomly to what put over Braun Strowman. The guy was already over. If anything, the seed might be making him less over. I know Strowman might win, but it's like the matches aren't that going to be that good. And it's like, what are they even feuding over? The fact that who's WWE's real monster? Like, uh, I don't know. It just screams filler to me personally. Yeah, pretty much. That, yeah, it's not impressive. Hopefully, they just have Strowman win next week. He burns him down to hell or something, puts him through the ring, and Kane goes to hell or whatever it is, and they do something hokey, and we never have to see Kane again. The guy goes in the Hall of Fame soon. I like Kane, but it's like putting him in a Strowman feud is... Is it really benefiting Braun Strowman? Like, that's the question. I don't think so. I mean, the guy's winning matches still, and he's still very much over, but... I, I don't really see how much good it does, other than just to kill time. So maybe they're just doing this until the Rumble match, and Strowman goes in there and kills a bunch of guys in the Rumble. But beyond that, it's not a, by far the most intriguing angle 
on Raw. And you know what? The guy attacked Elias. Like, that in and of itself, Strowman, the guy should be committed for that because Elias is a godsend. So, uh, <laughs> poor Elias. Um, but again, oh, uh, you know, maybe we see Braun and Elias at some point, but hopefully not because I think Elias is good and uh, they should not squash him or feed him to the monster among men. Um, but the women were all over the show. We had Paige and Sasha Banks going one-on-one in the show in a very good match. They got a ton of time, about 15 minutes. Paige going over as she should have with Absolution distracting Sasha. She's protected in defeat. Paige picks up her first win on Raw and her first match on Raw in a year and a half, which is crazy to even think about. It does not feel like it's been that long. Um, but yeah, she won, and they also came out to confront Asuka later on in the night where Asuka walked off. And they, they attacked uh, Alicia Fox instead. So, Absolution still going strong on Raw, uh, picking up a win over Sasha Banks on Monday night and uh, fending off Asuka and laying out Alicia Fox. So, uh, your thoughts, Rodolfo, on Absolution on Raw so far? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the second week in a row that uh, Absolution came out during an Asuka match and let Asuka walk away and attack her opponent. So, I mean, they're obviously teasing towards uh, an Asuka uh uh, match in the future um but i mean i liked uh one thing i really did like a takeaway was uh, uh when they attacked alicia fox Paige didn't jump in and just let mandy rose and sonia deville just do the work and you know Paige talking about how they're uh, how alicia and them are friends so she's not going to do anything so i thought that was really interesting i like Paige taking the backseat to the other two girls that we really don't know anything about yeah, exactly. we got to get to know Rose and DeVille more than we already do. I know they cut promos last week, but they didn't really say anything other than, like, oh, we're going to follow Paige because she deserves better. But we don't really know too much about them specifically. Um, so yeah. I thought that was well done. Um, you mentioned the Oscar match and how they kind of uh, forced her to fend off and they targeted her for the second straight week, but they couldn't get their hands on her. Um, do you think we get Paige and Oscar? It's, I mean, obviously we're going to get that match at some point, but basically I guess what I'm asking is that do you think they should hold off on that match until, I would say, like WrestleMania maybe? Uh, maybe for the Raw Women's Championship? Because we still don't know where Alexa Bliss falls in all this. She got attacked by Absolution a few weeks ago, but she's walked off commentary two weeks in a row now. Do you think maybe we get Paige winning the belt at the Rumble, and then that leads to Paige Nasca maybe at some point down the road, preferably at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, that's what makes sense to me. I think Paige has got to win that title, and she's got to do it soon to make Absolution really mean something. And then, uh, yeah, they keep teasing Asuka, so, I mean, uh, she's got to be after Alexa Bliss. Uh, so that that makes sense to me. Yeah, time will tell. Knowing WWE, they're probably just going to throw Paige and Asuka out there next week and have them have a five-minute match, and Asuka wins, <laughs> or, or the Asuka streak is over. But uh, hopefully, oh. they, you know, <laughs> hopefully they have patience and they hold off on it. Till WrestleMania, it would be great to see. Um, that's probably the biggest match they could do on Raw, besides Sasha and Bailey. but I think the ship has sailed on that a long time ago. I mean, you could still do it, but it's like, I mean, with Absolution on Raw now, turning Sasha heel just is not that likely at the moment with Paige and uh, Alexa Bliss in the same show. So um, I guess we're just going to have to hold off on that. But hopefully it is Asuka and Paige at WrestleMania for the championship, if all goes well. Um, that was pretty much all the main talking points from Raw. The only other real thing that happened... And it really just was there. It was just, it just kind of happened. That's all that I can really say about it. That being Finn Balor and Bo Dallas. Um, I thought it would be more of a showcase for Balor. It was a five-minute match for some reason. I'm not sure why it went as long as it did. And I like Bo. I'm on the Bo train all day long, but it's like, do you really have to have him have a competitive match with Finn Balor? Like, Finn Balor continues to flounder. What the hell's going on with him, Rodolfo? What's going on with the Demon right now? (laughs) 
I have no idea. I was so confused about this because I thought for sure uh, him going up against Bo, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it's just going to do the drop kick into the turnbuckle and coup de gras and it's over, you know? Uh, there's no reason why Bo should have had a competitive match with Finn. It makes no sense, and I don't know why uh, Finn is getting treated like this. I don't. I don't know. I mean, at one point it was rumored that we were getting Balor and Brock for the belt at the Rumble. Obviously, that that can't be happening at this point. The guy can't even beat Bo Dallas in five minutes. It's like, how is he even a threat to Brock Lesnar? With each passing week, I lose hope that we're ever getting that match. And yeah, they have time. They have a month and a half till the pay per view. But the guy's not doing anything right now. He is not feuding with anyone, so I'm not even sure where they're going with him. I'm glad he's on the show, but they really, as you said, should have just done the drop kick in the corner, hit him with the coup de gras, and it should have been over. This should not have been a match by any means. And I gotta apologize too. I don't know how I forgot about this. It was the best thing on the entire show. Please don't delete me, Woken Matt Hardy, but Woken Matt Hardy was on Raw this week, made his glorious, most anticipated debut as the broken, woken, whatever the hell you want to call it, character in a promo exchange with Bray Wyatt. And this, I thought was awesome. As someone who followed the character in TNA and has been really wanting it in WWE for a while now, and Matt was thrilled. If you followed his Twitter, you could tell that the guy was absolutely, just beyond words, excited to have um, the broken character in WWE to be able to experiment with it. And it's only one week, but it's already off to a strong start. So he had the accent... He had the attire, incorporating all this random vocabulary, uh, all these random words in his vocabulary, saying that he had dined with Plato and uh, had gone to the great Alexandria and all this other shit. But it was, it was great. I'm not sure what he was talking about. The way that he said it, though, was awesome. And in the end, said that he would subject Bray Wyatt to deletion. So this, I thought, was just great and finally has made me care about a Bray Wyatt program if that is indeed the direction they're going in. So, what was your initial reaction, Rodolfo, to the Woken Matt Hardy debut on Monday's Raw? I mean, yeah, it's finally happening. The, the moment that we've been waiting for since WrestleMania 33, uh, he's finally woken. Um, super excited about that. You said it last week on your podcast. I thought it was funny. But uh, how, how originally when Matt Hardy became broken in TNA, it was like a couple of months. Yeah. And then here... Mm-hmm. It's just one week, uh, he loses a match, and now all of a sudden he's this uh, supernatural being. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, I mean, would have I, I preferred that? Absolutely. Like, it would have been cool if they continued to tease it, but at the same time, they've been teasing it since WrestleMania 33. Like, he was doing the delete chance that night. Um, but yeah. it, it would have been cool. I mean, people give TNA shit all the time, and sometimes rightfully so, but... And it wasn't even really them that did it. It was more so Matt Hardy with the slow build of the character and the accent and why he has the streak in his hair. But I guess all it takes is losing to Bray Wyatt to say to myself, hey, my career is fucked. I got to make a change in storyline. So that's why he became broken. I guess that's really all that it takes in WWE. Once you lose the Bray Wyatt, your career is, I guess, basically over. And that's all it takes to have a breakdown. Hey, I'd have a breakdown too. If I lost to Bray Wyatt, the company's biggest loser, I'd have a breakdown too. So maybe that's all it takes in WWE. But like you said, uh, build up or no build up, it's finally happening. It took long enough. And um, we'll see where they go. Someone had pitched the idea uh, to me not too long ago, like uh, a couple days ago. Maybe we get a Bray and Broken or Woken, a Woken and Wyatt tag team. Now, would you rather be... Would you would you be more interested in seeing that a tag team with with uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt as opposed to a feud, or would you rather see them go one on one? Oh, 
kind of interesting, actually. We were talking about lack uh, of tag teams on Raw, too. Yeah, I mean, they need tag teams, and there's nothing more interesting than Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, really. Um, it'd be a really mystical tag team, too. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe that's where they go after they feud. Maybe they feud and they just end up liking each other. I don't know how that works. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'd like to see that down the road. Uh, and then maybe that, that gives a reason for uh, uh, when Jeff returns, he doesn't have to be broken. He can he can just be Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, if they want to make Jeff Hardy a single star, which seemed the writing was on the wall as soon as they came back. They would do the little tag team thing, but... It was obvious they wanted to make Jeff a single star again, as they should. The guy was super over before, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he really was super over when he came back to the company, but before he left, the guy was one of the biggest baby faces in the entire company. So they obviously want to tap into that, do the whole face pain thing again, and that's cool. Maybe put him on SmackDown when he gets back. But as soon as someone said that to me, I said, I was thinking, like, I think a tag team might be a better route because if they do the one-on-one feud, which is fine, it gives both guys something to do, but... The match that we saw the last weekend Raw was not that good at all. So I'm not sure how good their chemistry would be in the ring. The promos could be amazing. But they could also have good promos as a tag team too. And when that person said that, I was thinking, you know what? Um, with, with Bray Wyatt, it was around this time a year ago that he was in a tag team for the first time in his career as Bray Wyatt uh, with Randy Orton. And it was probably one of the best things he's done in his entire WWE career. Because he finally won a championship... They had some good matches with Slater and Rhino and uh, when they still meant something and American Alpha and a few other tag teams and I was legitimately interested in Bray Wyatt. And it also meant that he didn't have to lose all the fucking time. Like when he's a singles guy, for, for whatever reason, when he's on his own, the guy is a loser. But when you put him in a tag team or a stable, he feels so much more protected. And Bray and... So if they had like the one-on-one feud... If you have Bray win, it's a complete waste of the Woken character. But then again, if you have Matt Hardy win, Bray's right back to where he started. Which, at this point, he might be damaged goods, he might not be, who knows. Um, But a tag team might be the way to go. If they don't want to have the Shield take the belts off the bar, then having the Woken duo of Woken and Wyatt uh, possibly do that headed in the Rumble or WrestleMania might be the way to go. Because there could be a ceiling on the Woken character as a singles guy. Like, that's my next question for you, Rodolfo. How far do you think the Woken character can go as a single star in WWE, considering that it wasn't a WWE character or a WWE-created product? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's kind of been the big question is, do did, will WWE allow uh, Matt to be the guy as the Woken character? I don't think so. It seems, uh, because it's not a WWE product, I don't think they would make him as the Woken character, the guy, he might win like an Intercontinental title on Raw. I can see him being like a mid-card title, but I don't see him being like a like a main event character. Yeah, I don't see him becoming world champion. Like, would it be cool? Yeah, but it's like the guy's 40-something years old, and I mean, even the character itself, it's awesome, but is it world championship caliber? I don't think so. I think it's a great act, but I don't think it's like, worthy of being in the main event. Nor, I mean, it would be cool if he was, but I don't think it will be, and nor probably should it be. Like, could you really take an AJ Styles, Woken Matt Hardy match seriously? Probably not, because it's two very different styles and two very different characters. Um, but I think the tag team thing for right now is the way to go. As long as he's not, like, back on main event facing fucking Kurt Hawkins every week, he's better off than he was before. So I think the Woken character could not have come at a better time. 
Um, so yeah. very excited about that. I mean, you know what? Now that w- with Raw, there's not a lot of reasons to look forward to the show each week. Um, but I will say this. With, with Woke and Matt, I found myself very excited to find out what was going to happen next going into Monday's Raw. And it was awesome. They waited until the final 20 minutes of the show to do it, but it still got a great reaction. And there's, you know, there's, there's a few good things going on Raw nowadays, but I find myself, the one reason I'm really look, looking forward to Raw next week is to find out what is next for Woken Matt Hardy and whether or not they're going to mess it up two weeks in. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, they definitely have potential to do right by the gimmick. Um, so that was pretty much everything that happened on Raw this week. SmackDown wasn't that much better, but we will discuss some of the stuff that happened. Uh, specifically, the ongoing angle with Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan. It was announced on this show that a Clash of Champions next Sunday, we got a tag team match. It's Orton and a partner of his choosing, that being Shinsuke Nakamura, facing Owens and Zayn in a tag team match, which would have been fine. Um, but they announced the stipulation at the very end of the show that if Owens and Zayn lose, they will be fired from WWE altogether, not just SmackDown. And Shane McMahon will serve as the special guest referee. So they their whole storyline has taken center stage on SmackDown in recent weeks. A lot of a lot of stories to be told here with Owens and Zayn, you know, rebelling against the authority. You got Orton and Nakamura. Could we get a heel turn from Randy Orton uh, with Shane and Brian? The tease tension there. So, what have been your overall thoughts, Rodolfo, on the ongoing angle with uh, everyone involved in this, you know, ongoing storyline? Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, the one thing I'm really interested in, and they've been teasing it, is the is the tension between uh, Brian and uh, Shane. Uh, it seems like uh, because Shane announced that uh, that Owens and, and Zayn would get fired if they lose the match, and they kind of just zoom in on Brian's face, it makes me feel like Brian might turn on Shane uh, and cost uh, cost uh, Orton and Shinsuke the match and keep. Uh, Owens and Zayn's job that that seems like where it's going to me uh that would make sense uh, I'm kind of excited about that do you think we could have a potential heel stable of Brian Owens and Zayn in the next couple months yeah I mean I, I'm interested to see Brian as a heel because he, he's he's just he's such an easy like good guy mm-hmm. a, a guy you want to cheer for uh, but they've been teasing this and it, it's the only thing that really makes sense you can't tease uh, Brian burning on Shane for this long and, and not do it. So I, I think that that trio could be uh, like a like a little mini anti-authority. So with Brian, there's been a lot of rumors going around that he's been cleared by WWE doctors. There was an update the other day by Dave Meltzer saying that he wasn't. No one's really sure what's going on right now. The only thing set in stone... Not that he's leaving, but his contract does expire in September of next year. So roughly nine months. Um, do you think what we're seeing right now with him and Shane specifically could be planting the seeds for an eventual departure of Daniel Bryan from WWE leading to, like, if we're, if we're not going to get Bryan and Shane in a match at WrestleMania, which, hey, maybe they change their minds and they let the guy get back in the ring, but if that's not where they're headed with this, do you think that we might get a Bryan and Shane, like, I don't know, their representatives or something, whatever, which leads to Brian being taken off TV and eventually leaving the company by next September? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, unless they change their mind and, and let Brian have a match with uh, with Shane, uh, that's the only thing. Yeah, he only has nine months left on his contract. 
Uh, it seems like a solid way to write them off of SmackDown too and get a new GM in there, kind of mix things up uh, like they did with uh, Kurt Angle on Raw. Uh, so that's that seems that seems to make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see where they go with it. They do have my. Uh... They, they, they do have my attention for right now. They, I am intrigued by the angle, so it's definitely one of the more prominent things going on SmackDown right now. So we'll see where they go with it. As long as, uh, for as long as Jinder's in the WWE title picture, this is probably is the, the most thing, uh, the, the thing I'm most excited about on SmackDown at the moment. So we'll see where they go and if they change their mind about Daniel Bryan getting back into the ring. So on SmackDown this week, it was not Tuesday, but rather every day is Rusev Day, and it was especially Rusev Day on SmackDown when they beat the New Day of all teams to earn themselves a spot in the upcoming tag team title match at Clash of Champions. So it's going to be... They were called Rusev Day, so I don't know if that's their that's their tag team name or whatever, but I love it. So it's going to be Rusev and Aiden English beating, or facing rather, hopefully beating, but uh, facing New Day, Gable and Benjamin, and the Usos in a four-way match for the SmackDown tag team titles at the upcoming pay-per-view. Uh, your thoughts on the match, and do we see new tag team champions in Rusev Day come Clash of Champions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect uh, Rusev Day, that's a funny thing, but I didn't expect them to, to beat New Day. But yeah, uh, they beat them, get thrown into the thrown into the tag team match, so now it's a four-way tag match. Uh, I think they put the titles on Rusev Day. Uh, that seems to extend any sort of uh, tag team uh, depth that they have on SmackDown because you can't put it on New Day and have uh, Usos and New Day feud again. So it's got to be it's got to be Rusev Day to really extend things going. Yeah, beyond these three tag teams, there's not many teams for the Usos to defend against. I mean, there's the Bludgeon Brothers, but the Usos are heels right now, so I don't know where they would go with them if they did that feud, unless they turn the Usos. Um... But yeah, I think Rusev Day taking the titles is the best course of action. So, uh, I mean, they're one of the best things going on SmackDown right now. They have great chemistry, and I never thought I would say anything about Eden English in that light, but the guy has found new life with Rusev. He's, this is probably a better tag team with Rusev and Aiden English than the Vaude Villains ever were, like by a long shot. These guys work so well together. Um, but I got to ask the Rodolfo, will you, be, will you be buying the Happy Rusev Day t-shirt by any chance? <laughs> you know, I thought about it. I saw the shirt, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, and I almost did it. I, I don't think I will buy it, but uh, it definitely crossed my mind at one point. Boo. You know what, Rodolfo? How about we do this? We'll, we'll put together a, a wish list on WWE.com for you. And if we do Secret Santa, I will totally get you the Happy Reset Day shirt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it, no, I'll, I'll have to wear it every day. You have because every day is Rusev Day. How could you not wear it every day? Every day is a very happy Rusev Day. It's not a good day. It's not a bad day. It's Rusev Day. Um, so yeah, they were just the shining, the, the shining stars. Not Primo and Co- I forgot they were a tag team. By the way, did you know the shining stars were still in WWE? I completely forgot about them. <laughs> I honestly, I thought they got released. Uh... <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, maybe at some point because they haven't been on TV in. Six months, but yeah, they might as well be released at this point. But uh, speaking of tag teams, the Bludgeon Brothers were in action once again on Tuesday night, beating Adam Jones, not Pac-Man Jones, but Adam Jones, and uh, Josh Carr in a very quick effort. So I would assume the tag titles are in these guys' future. Uh, I talked a bit about this with James last week, but Rodolfo, your thoughts so far on the repackaging of not Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, but rather just 
Harper and Rowan, the latest victims of the first name cutoff or whatever. <laughs> so uh, the Bludgeon Brothers have been repackaged. They have started anew. Is this the best route for them to take with these new characters? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the only route. Uh, they 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 give them a squash match against some local guys. So they're obviously going to build them up. They Eventually down the line, whenever they feel like uh, they've built them up enough, they're going to win those titles. Uh, it's, it's the only thing that really... The only way to go once you have these squash matches that the Bloodshot Brothers are having. Which is long overdue. These guys should have been tag team champions. I know they were champions in NXT, but on the main roster, they never got that one run with the belts before they had to break up at the end of 2014. They had a great series of matches with uh, with Bray Wyatt. Or not with Bray Wyatt. They were with Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, with the Usos. Um, they had a great series of matches in the summer of that year, and it just it never quite happened. So hopefully this time around, and for anyone saying, like, for me personally, the entrance is cool. Carrying the, the hammers down to the ring, eh, it's, it's a little goofy. They, they look like Kane's sons or something. But beyond that, the characters, not lighting the world on fire, but it's better than nothing. Like, people got to remember that. Because before recently, what were these guys doing? Sitting and catering every single Tuesday? Like, Luke Harper not been on TV in fucking months. And this guy is way too good to be wasted. So at least they're finally doing something with them. And these winning matches, what a concept. And they're getting over. So, yeah, I would assume yeah. that the, the tag team titles are in their future at some point in the not-so-distant future. Um, speaking of titles, we got a U.S. title match at Clash of Champions, which makes absolutely no sense. So it's going to be Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode. You know what? Fine. Teased last week, I assume that. So I found out about this on, like, Friday night, well after it was announced on .com. So I'm thinking, oh, they announced the title match. Oh, it's going to be Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin? No, it's Bobby Roode, Baron Corbin, and fucking Dolph Ziggler. Okay, let's give the guy a title shot after not appearing on SmackDown since Halloween where he lost to Bobby Roode. Why is he even in this match? And I don't want people... I, I put this out. I, I put out a serious question on Twitter the other day asking people, why is the guy in the match? And I got a number of responses, and no one could give me a good explanation. Yes, could he be in the match to take the fall? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. But from a booking standpoint, from a kayfabe standpoint, why is the guy that has not been on TV in six months, get in six months, I mean like six weeks, Getting a title shot. It just, in a losing effort, too. The last time we saw him, he was a loser. So, why is he getting a title shot? It's like taking the aforementioned Colognes, the Shining Stars, and putting them up against the Usos for a tag title match at the pay per view. It was so silly. And when he was asked about it on SmackDown, he just goes, Oh, I'm in the match because I'm a former world champion. Okay, well, let's bring back Jack Swagger and put him in the match, too, because he's also a former world champion. It just doesn't make any sense. So, we had Rude and Corbin this past week. Not a good match at all. Ziggler got involved like four minutes in. This fucking died to death. So when you heard about the match, uh, Rodolfo, what, what, what's your thought process and, and why Ziggler is involved in this match? Can you please give me a good answer as to why he's involved? Uh, here's the thing. No one can give you an answer because no one knows. <laughs> uh, you, you, you could walk into their creative meeting and ask them the same question and they wouldn't be able to give you an answer. Uh like you said, he hasn't been on TV in six months. The last time we saw him, he lost. And, but he comes back and, yeah, I got a title match. But what would have made more sense to me is if they didn't announce Ziggler being in that match and then Ziggler just interfered in, the, in, in Corbin and uh, Rude's match like the same way he did on SmackDown. Uh, at least, at the very least, that would have made more sense. Um, I still think it's odd that he's in the match, but uh, it just... Uh, 
uh, I'm baffled. It's just a weird, uh, a weird choice. That's exactly it. Like, you couldn't have waited until Tuesday to do the angle that we saw last night with Ziggler coming out and attacking both guys. It's like, okay, it makes a little sense. I'm not exactly excited about it, but I could see why they would put him in the match at that point. But it's like, no, we'll just announce it on fucking Twitter on a Friday night saying that Ziggler's in the match. For what reason? Nobody knows. It's like, oh, I don't know what Road Dog's doing over there. I think he's the head writer now for SmackDown, but... SmackDown was not like this a year ago. That they did things that made sense, and even when James Ellsworth was beating AJ Styles, at least sometimes it made sense. This shit just makes no fucking sense. The same way that the women's title match at the upcoming pay per view makes sense. So again, I'm gonna ask you this question. So we're getting Charlotte and Natalya at the pay per view. We had the same match two weeks ago, which ended in a no contest thanks to who else but the Riot Squad. Okay, so. You have the rematch of the pay-per-view, but instead of banning the Riot Squad from ringside, you encourage them essentially to interfere by booking a Lumberjill match. What, why would... Oh, it doesn't make any sense. And then we had Charlotte and Tamina on Tuesday, which is probably even worse, because Tamina is terrible. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Can you provide any answers for me, Rodolfo? What the hell is going on right now in SmackDown? I have no clue. Like you said, as soon as I see Tamina on my screen... I, I have to I have to be used to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> I cannot I cannot watch her on my screen. Uh, so and then yeah, you're right. It, you have the riot squad interfere in a match. So yeah, let's just throw them on the side where they can interfere on the match. That makes no sense. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of lumberjack matches just in the first place. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't like it anyways but it, it makes even less sense right now it's not like because usually the booking uh is if people keep trying to leave and take a uh take a count out in order to win you put a lumberjack so they can't do that but in this match it's not like that's happening you just have people keep interfering you don't you don't throw those people that are interfering on the side for them to interfere exactly Exactly. It's only when people are attempting to leave. If anything, they were trying to stay in the ring, and then other people came in to mess up the match. Like, what's stopping the Riot Squad from interfering in that match, too? So, oh, my God. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's. I feel like the show, Clash of Champions, coming up, and hey, maybe it's going to be a great show. Who knows? But on paper, it looked like Sm- it looks like SmackDown's WrestleMania. And I don't say that like, oh, it's a loaded card. The reason I say that is because every year WrestleMania, they got to get everyone on the card. And if they want to give them a WrestleMania paycheck, that's great. That's awesome. But it's like, I don't need to see everyone on the card. Like when they put, it's like putting Sin Cara and Stardust and Zack Ryder in that IC title ladder match at uh, WrestleMania a few years ago. Why do they do that other than just to give those guys a WrestleMania paycheck? Because at that time, it was just, it made no sense and it was just completely unnecessary. And this pay per view is no different. Oh, we got to get Tamina on the show. We got to put her in the Lumberjack match. Oh, we got to get Dolph Ziggler on the show. Let's put him in the US title match. It's like, I'm not sure what their thinking is with any of these matches. The tag title match, I kind of sort of get because Rusev Day is awesome and um, the New Day has been featured pretty prominently recently on SmackDown. But with the women's match and especially the. Uh, the, uh, the U.S. title match. It just definitely feels like we got to get everyone on the show. So it's just, it doesn't matter what it takes. We got to get everyone on the show in some capacity, even if it makes no sense. So I, I can't say I'm looking forward to the show, despite what might be uh, currently on tap. What's your expectation level right now on a, on a scale from 1 to 10? Uh, how much are you excited for a Clash of Champions coming up next Sunday? Uh, easily. Uh, I'm a 2 on that scale. <laughs> uh, 
I am not excited at all. I mean, it could end up being a good show. And I hope it is a good show because uh, obviously I'm going to watch it. But uh, as far as excitement levels, it's it's about as close to zero as possible. Uh, they just they haven't given me anything to be excited about, and they keep making these these weird decisions that make no sense. Uh, it, yeah, it's, just, it's silly. It just none of it makes any sense. So how could I? I don't know. SmackDown at one point, like I said. I had faith that they would do the right thing. At this point, I don't know what happened, but just everything has just gone to shit. And I know they have the um, the Rumble coming up, so this pay-per-view means pretty much nothing. But uh, I I don't know. And AJ and Jinder weren't even on the show. Because I think, uh, I don't yeah, know about... Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, well, I, know, I know AJ, or I know Jinder is over in India doing the tour with Raw. I don't know about AJ. I, I think he's I think he's good. I don't know why he wasn't on the show. I mean, I guess you can't have AJ in the show without Jinder, but... I don't know. They could have just had an AJ match for the sake of it, but um, real quick question though, before we get off SmackDown, do you think that um they will put the belt back on Gender the pay per view, or do you think they'll do the right thing and keep it off of Gender forever? <laughs> I hope they keep it off Gender forever. That was the worst title run they could have possibly had. Uh, so as long as the title is off Gender, I'm happy. Uh, I I don't know. I hope they don't put it on there, but on them, on them, on them, back on them, but. You know, who knows? They've made worse decisions. Yeah, they have. I put yeah, worst decision. Worst decision was putting the belt back on him. Was putting the belt on him in the first place was the, probably the worst decision. And starting this in the in the first place was Jinder Mahal is a main event guy, which has never worked and never will work. Uh, just not for a long time because they just built him up the wrong way. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I guess what, what was that? I, I just oh, I just think this is kind of just throwing it back because the whole Jinder being like a main event person. It seems kind of odd to me, like how they just kind of did it, uh, just going all the way back to like WrestleMania 33. It would have made so much more sense for him to be that that the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner yeah. instead of Mo instead of Mojo. Yeah, like, Mojo Raleigh, the guy who just who just turned on Zack Ryder after six months and no one could give <laughs> two shits. Mojo Raleigh, is he our next WWE champion? Is Mojo Raleigh the next WWE champion? Is that what you asked? Yes. Yes. Uh... No, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that would be worse than gender. Uh, I'm oh, just gonna, I'm... God, I love Zack Ryder, but ooh, Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh in the kickoff show. I gotta get home in time to see that. Good <laughs> God, hopefully the show is. Hopefully the show exceeds expectations, but on paper it just looks abysmal. I'm sorry, but this pay per view just looks abysmal. Um, yeah. We'll end on a happy note here. I'm sorry to have you on uh, have you on the show under such negative circumstances. With uh, I mean, I thought Raw was really good. But SmackDown was fucking just uh, just completely missable. Um, we will end on a good note, though. I read this this morning. Uh, did you know that Carrie Fisher, before she died, she had a box of bootio sitting in her house? Did you hear about that? Yes, I saw that picture, and I was like, I didn't even realize Carrie Fisher was like a like a WWE fan. But just to see that picture where it's just a whole bunch of like antique stuff, and there's not really a whole lot of color in that picture, but then there's just this bright neon box of bootios on that shelf. <laughs> it was the greatest picture I've seen in, in quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look it up right now. Let me say. Um, yeah, like you said, there's just a bunch of antiques and then just a random-ass box of bootios for Princess Leia, of all people. Yeah, there's like cleaning materials, uh, Dark Town General Store, a lunchbox or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, then just a box of bootios. 
Uh, wow, that, that was that was pretty great. So I thought that was a cool little story. And also, I, I should mention this too. Um, NXT airing for the first time on the USA Network next Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time for the very first time. NXT making his broadcast debut. And I'm not talking about the shitty-ass version of the show either with uh, Daniel Bryan drinking soda and running down flights of stairs. I'm talking about the, the good version of NXT. So as, as part of uh, WWE Week, on USA Network. Do you think this might be a um, testing of the waters, possibly, to possibly get NXT back on TV and to see how it'll fare on uh, network television? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't know why else they would throw the, the network debut uh, on their on uh, NXT on there. It's got to be some sort of testing ground to see how well it does on TV. Um, I, for one, I hope it does well, because I would love to see NXT on, on regular TV. Um, but who knows, uh, WWE just has some odd choices. Maybe they just, we need a filler day for, for Wednesday and we're not going to throw, uh, what's the other show? Uh, superstars or we're not going to show, we're not going to throw that show on there. So let's just throw NXT. It, it also could be one of those. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is that NXT's been around for so long now, and they've done this WWE week every year for a long time now, and they have never done it before recently. So it's it's got to be a testing of the water. So I mean I don't know why they wouldn't have done it before now. Um, I don't think tribute to the troops is airing that same night. It's airing. I know NXT is at seven o'clock. So I thought tribute was at like at eight, at eight Eastern time. But from what I read, they're saving that till Thursday. So and I don't think this is true. Um, but what if in a perfect world that um, someone had suggested that. Uh, Raw, the WWE wants, or the USA Network rather, wants three hours of programming on Monday nights because they've dedicated so much time to Raw being three hours, and it's been three hours for five years now. So, which is why they won't go back to two. But what if they took away the third hour of Raw and they put NXT before the two hours of Raw and they put NXT maybe like eight o'clock? Is that something that you'd be interested in seeing? Huh. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, uh, wait, are you saying that they take away that second hour of Raw, so it's just two hours of Raw, but you have one hour of NXT directly in front of it, is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. I don't know if it would air at 7 p.m. Eastern or 8 p.m. Eastern. Probably 8 p.m. Eastern if they had, uh, like, the two hours of Raw after, from, like, 9 to 11, which is what it used to air before it went three hours. Uh, would that be something you're interested in seeing? I, I think so, because, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm interested in NXT, so I like that, and, and the third hour of Raw is always just horrible, so, I mean, maybe this helps them out. <laughs> Uh, maybe this makes it to where they don't need that third hour anymore. They can just write for two hours. I don't know. I don't know why they can't write for a third hour. But uh, maybe this, maybe that helps them out. Yeah, I think it could. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't at least try it. Um, it, it's better than three hours of Raw. And it's not like I know this was. It was pitched a while ago to oh make every hour of Raw like one hour of Raw would be Raw and then SmackDown and then NXT or whatever like something sh- shitty like that'd be a, a terrible <laughs> idea if they taped it all in one night. But they don't have to change anything about NXT. Not to say they should make it live. God, do not make NXT live. I mean, maybe from Full Sail, but from the USA or from the uh, main roster arenas would be a terrible idea. That would be 205 light if they taped NXT oh. before Raw. I think they should just continue doing what they do with NXT. Just tape a whole bunch of content in the matter of a, a day for a, a full month. And then just air it before Raw. You're not really changing anything about the process just other than when it airs. Just put it on Mondays before Raw, um, and, th- and that's it. You're not you don't have to tape it before Raw. I don't think the crowds. I mean, hey, maybe the crowds would care, but I just don't want them sitting in their hands. I think Full Sail, 
People could say what they want about him, <clears throat> but it's a great place for them to grow his talent. And the crowds aren't shitting on them or they're not booing because they, you know, they're not um, AJ Styles, you know, whatever. Because 205 Live, that's the issue they have with them. And they also take that show after SmackDown, which is an, a, an entirely different issue. But um, yeah, it's, it's something worth thinking about. So we'll see. We'll see where it ends up. I know they have their um, renegotiations with USA Network, I think, coming up in 2018. So... They're doing everything they can to boost their uh, right money or whatever the hell it is with USA Network so they can stay on there or go to a better network that can offer more money for their programming. So time will tell. But, um, yeah, yeah that, that is about it, Rodolfo. Uh, anything else you'd like to bring up before we wrap it up? Uh, no, that's everything. Like I said, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for you bringing me on here. I'm ex- excited about it. Uh, like I said, thanks for having me on uh, your podcast. Of course, my man. Hopefully it won't be the last time we'll have you here on the show. But uh, like I said earlier, at RealRZM on the Twitter machine and all the other socials. And that's uh, anything else you'd like to plug? But you said that was pretty much all your social platforms. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's everything. Uh, I don't got anything going on. I maybe have something coming up in the future. I got some uh, things on the back burner. But as of right now, no, that's it. Good shit, my man. Good shit. Well, like I said, people can find you on the Twitter machine. Follow his tweeting thoughts at RRealRZM. Rodolfo, it's been great having you on the show, dude. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime, man. I'll catch you in the road. All right. And once again, guys, if you haven't already, please vote in the 2017 5th Annual WWE slash NXT Year and Review Awards. Your vote counts. It's only on NextAirWrestling.net. The results will be revealed and discussed. Three weeks' time right here on WrestleRant Radio for the December 28th edition. And last but certainly not least, be sure to subscribe to WrestleRant Radio on iTunes by simply searching up WrestleRant Radio on Apple Podcasts. You get every old episode dating back to October of 2013 and every new episode on Thursday. Sometimes it's early as midnight, so subscribe today. Rate, review the podcast on iTunes. All that stuff is amazingly appreciated. So once again, guys, have a great rest of your holiday season. The next 19 days should be nothing short of glorious or delightful, as one would say. Anyway, guys, we'll be back right here on WrestleRant Radio next Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. I'm Graham Giusin Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Delete!